0: I believe you can have a pretty good time going that way. It's your choice. I mean, you can survive being a Christian or you can enjoy being one. I've been enjoying being one for, uh, uh, let me say now, how long has it been? 50 years. No regrets. No regrets. No. Amen. God bless you. Certainly glad for to be together again today wonderful privilege in it for us being in the presence of god before we read the scripture um, i want to give you a little update on sister grace martin i'm sure brother louie mentioned anything about that this morning on but um, for those of you that share last night sister grace at the end of the service got sick sitting right over here and we had to have prayer with her and uh, uh, some of the nurses in the church come up and checked her blood pressure and this and that and uh, they took her to uh, to the hospital and uh, did some checking on her and thankfully it was it was just uh, severe dehydration but they wanted to let you know today they appreciate your prayers i took Carol going home we got pr- we got prayer and we also got some good nurses Amen. 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 The lord. so we appreciate them and what they did to help us with, with that but we're grateful most of all for the lord and he come on the scene and, and helped our sister. and We appreciate you staying calm in such times of stress because it's easy to get all upset. And the devil really likes to show himself in times like that. But we saw the Lord come on the scene and move for her. And, um, you know, some of you might really wonder and ponder over such things, why you would need natural help when you have a supernatural intervention. Well, when the Lord Jesus raised a little girl from the dead, and he brought her back from that realm that you and I know nothing about. He said, give her something to eat. Right? So it was a supernatural intervention, but the supernatural intervention wasn't going to fill her belly. So sometimes we have to take both together and we work together to perform what God wants us to do. So we're grateful for that. We're grateful that our sister is doing well today. They uh, told her to rest and to, to hydrate herself, of course, and so she's not here in church today, but we just wanted you to be aware of that so you wouldn't be worrying about her. We're a family. Hey, if we're not, we don't concern about other folks around us, there's something wrong with our Christianity. That's right. God bless you. Let's turn to Revelation 22, if you would, today, verse 12. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Listen to verse 14 again. It's a powerful scripture. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Talking about it is not enough. Right. Discussing it, saying it's wonderful. Oh, I believe every word. I believe every word. You can go to hell with that attitude if you don't keep his commandments. Right. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Let's bow our heads together and ask God's blessings today on the service. Father, we're so grateful today that we could be gathered together here again, Lord, in the auspices of the presence of the Almighty God. We're so thankful, Heavenly Father, that we're not gathered here today under the leadership of a man, ...or under the leadership of some system or some denomination... ...but under the presence of the great King himself. We've come here today, Father, for multiple reasons. We've come, first of all, because your word tells us to. Your word tells us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So we do that with or without feeling. We do that with or without emotion. That is your word. So we do it. But Lord, when we come... Then we want to be able to put everything that we have into that service so that we don't become just methodical robots that we just do certain things, say certain things. But we want it to be everything that we have into the service. And we know always, Lord Jesus. You will give us your best, because that's who you are. So we pray that you'd help us today as we endeavor to look into your word. Speak to us. May we be benefited by our gathering together. And we give all praise to you, for it's in the name of the word of God we ask, the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. Before we go back to look at the tree of life again today, which we've been looking at for a couple of services, I'd like to look again, if the Lord would help us today, a little bit on the aspect, of what we were looking at last night about life. How many appreciates life? Amen. Amen. Life is a wonderful thing. I thought it was quite amazing dealing with life. And then um, we had that sickness with that sister. And I don't mind telling you, whenever I walked over there and I looked at her and I saw the color gone out of her skin, out of her lips, and her eyes were rolled back in her head and she was not breathing. Um, I've seen many people die and I've been around more than my fair share of deaths. I don't mind telling you, I thought she was gone. But I'm grateful to know that we have a power of a living God that is among us. That's you. Amen. So we know that he not only has power, perpetual human life and botany life and animal life and all that, but what we greatly desire is to be filled with his life, which is Zoe, eternal life. And we know that the city itself will will be made up of many different categories and classes of people. There will be those who are the elect of God, the ecclesia, the bride tree which is matching of the bridegroom tree, they actually receive eternal life now in this stage of the life which they are in. There will be many that will be granted life because of their love for the Lord Jesus and their love for the people of God, and they will be granted the opportunity to to go into eternal life, but yet still needing that that right to be able to partake of the tree of life. And life itself is mentioned uh, multiple times, being in that great city of God, the book of life, tree of life, person of life, a crown of life so we know that life is a great thing to God and life itself is a great gift and we know that man has tried his best to be able to understand it, break into it uh, but thus, thus far he's not been able to really be able to do it all because God is the one who holds the DNA and the great ability of the chemistry of life to be able to create it and make it exist I love him for that but yet we know that he come when he come to the Earth, he wanted to enlighten us not only about the Godhead and healing and deliverance, but he wanted to enlighten us about the very understanding of life itself. Because there's a great thing about seeing life. Let us read, if you would, in St. John chapter 8, verse 12. The Lord Jesus speaking, he said, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So life then is more than just botany life, animal life, human life, but life actually has light. So there is a light of life. Now to scientists, to great intellectual people, they'd say that's absolutely absurd. It makes no sense at all. Well, maybe if you don't believe the Bible, it makes no sense. But if you believe God's word, it does make perfect sense. Now, the Lord Jesus was not just used and terms to try to make people think that he was something, but he's actually speaking a great mystery. The word light there is phose, which is the word which brings illumination. So it is something that brings illumination on life. And the word life there is actually the word zoe. And the word zoe is absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. Life real and genuine, a life active, vigorous and constant consecrated and devoted to God. So it is more then than just human life. It's more than animal life, botany life, physical life. It is the impartation of God's own life himself, which is zoe. Now millions of human beings are alive, billions of them alive on the earth today, but they don't have zoe. What they have is the propagation of human life, which is given to man in the beginning, and they're able to beget and beget and beget and go on and on and on. But Eventually, that life leads to death because it cohabitates with the tree of death, which was the woman in the Garden of Eden. And because we are born through the tree of death, which is the woman, every one of us are born to die. Without the divine intervention of the power of the rapture, every person in this building will eventually face death. But there was another tree in the Garden of Eden called the tree of life that was the man tree. But if there was a tree of life and a tree of knowledge, and a tree of death and they were forecasting or speaking of the real trees which will wind up in the restored garden of Eden in the end time now notice the Lord Jesus did not go into great death but he said I'm the light of the world he that follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have not only just life and not only just have light but shall have the light of life so they shall have illumination on what they have living on the inside of them which is God's own life notice Acts 2.28 thou hast made known unto me the ways of life thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance so life itself then have ways or paths by which we perceive what life is all about it's evident the majority of human beings on the face of the earth today don't have a clue what life is all about They think it's about a good time. They think it's about whatever brings them pleasure for the moment. That's actually not what life is about. Life is really about getting ready for life after this life is over. It is not about enjoying sin for a little while and doing whatever you want to do and then being lost and wind up going to hell. That's not what life is all about. So they do not understand the paths of life. You're sitting here today, you understand the divine purpose of God for you you are one blessed human being because God has illuminated you to the path of life of which direction you're supposed to go let people look down on you let them ridicule you make fun of you that doesn't make any difference you have been illuminated to the will of God about the path of life concerning your walk, my brother sister you ought to be one of the happiest people on the earth today Notice again in Acts chapter 3, verse 15, these words can only be framed about the Lord Jesus and kill the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Now, we might be a, you know, we might be a, identified and know a prince of Arabia, a prince of Iran, a prince of Iraq, a prince of this, a prince of that. But this is the only person that could truthfully be said about that he was the Prince of Life. Now, a Prince of Arabia. If that's truly what he is, that means he would have a dominion. No doubt his father is a king, and he himself eventually would become the the king of Arabia or wherever it is if he will live long enough. But that means that he has a deposit or a dominion by which his name is imminent in the kingdom. And if you're there in that kingdom and you might mention his name and people would know him, he would have an element of authority because he is a prince of Arabia or a prince of Arabia ram, or a prince of this. But notice what Jesus is the prince of. He's the prince of life. Now, it might be a great thing to say, well, he's the prince of Iran, he's the prince of Iraq. But yet, eventually, every prince of Arabia, every prince of Iran, of Iraq, every one of them will die. But the prince of life come that you and I might be set free from the power of death. And in order to impart his life to us, he did not give us great crowns of silver and gold and jewels. But what is he the prince of? The prince of life. So life is his dominion. And remember, Satan can give you pleasure, Satan can give you sin, but Satan does not have life, and therefore he cannot give you life that's right and kill the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses notice again in Romans 6 4 that Paul said therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we should walk in newness of life now here he takes the baptism and he takes also the type of the Lord Jesus dying as the Lord Jesus was raised by the power of the Shekinah glory of God to walk a new life, a resurrected life. So we then are buried with him in baptism and we walk in a newness of life, meaning the very Zoe of the Prince himself comes back inside of us as the Lord Jesus raised from the dead and walked in a glorified body. So we already have raised from the dead and walk around as saints of God which are partakers of his glory, which is the Greek word. Doxa, which means the glory and the power of God is living its life out of us. Again, that we don't expect the people of the world to understand. They will look at us and think, well, we're crazy. They're a bunch of religious fanatics. But let them say what they will. It does not deter us at all. It does not change our vision, our purpose, our goal, or our achievement. We live the Word of God every day because we know that is the Word expressed right Romans 8 2 for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death notice this again the law of the spirit of life so now here we're talking about the law which is in the spirit or the pneuma which is what the word spirit means which means that which emanates or brings to life or to blow upon it is the air actually or the breath of God so the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So there is a law by which the spirit of life works. And we know that faith has a law. Gravitation has a law. Electricity has a law. Many laws in the universe which man are still just breaking into and God was the one who designed those laws. But in the natural kingdom to make many of the things and the laws work to our advantage we must break into the understanding of that law. So Paul said I'm not talking about the law of gravitation or the law of science or the law of light but I'm talking about the spirit of the law of the spirit of life so in this there is a law by which every person baptized by the holy ghost understands once they can see it truthfully that there is a spot that we have been made free from the law of sin and death so we are no longer sinners amen never will be again because we have been liberated and when we understand that we're that there's a position given to us in Christ Jesus, whether I feel it or whether I don't. Folks that don't understand the law of the Spirit of life are like a roller coaster. They're up and down, up and down, up and down. When they feel it, they can do it. When they feel emotion, they can do it. When they feel the pulsation of faith, they can do it. They don't understand the law of the Spirit of life. But once you understand that with emotion or without emotion, it changes absolutely nothing. Well, can I tell you this morning, I'm going to pray with or without feeling. Can I go ahead and tell you I'm going to preach with or without feeling. I'm going to preach with or without amens. I'm going to preach with or without you it makes it easier if you're going to come along with me so why because I understand who I am I'm called to preach the word so I'm going to do it as I said with or without you I'm going to do it whether you accept it whether you don't accept it because I understand what I'm called to do when you understand you're called to live this word well I don't feel it it don't make no difference whether you feel it or not you're called to walk this walk you're called to talk this talk i'm called to go to church i'm called to sing i'm called to worship god i'm called to do right it has nothing to do with me feeling anything at all why because i have been made free from that bondage that makes me feel that like, well if i don't feel it i can't do it you're not free yet And once you understand you're free, then you can do it without any compulsory emotion. And then what you find out is once you do it, the emotion comes with it. Right. Notice in Philippians 2.16 holding forth the word of life. So there's a path of life. There's an understanding of life. There's a light of life. There's an understanding of what all that means. And then there's a word of life. That I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. 2 Timothy 1 and 1 Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. According to the promise of life. Now we have have a path of life, a way of life, the spirit of life, and now we have a promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, Mohammed does not have the promise of life. There is no promise of life in Shintoism that can be validated by its leader being raised from the dead. You can fall on your knees and pray to a pot-bellied Buddha all you want to, but Buddha has no promise of life. You can sit under his tree where he sat under and meditated all you want to until you meditate and fall asleep. And you'll die an old man or an old woman and you'll go to hell when it's all said and done. Because Buddha cannot raise you from the dead. Why? Because Buddha himself has not been raised from the dead. But the Prince of Life, amen, why do you know he can raise you, Brother Donnie? Because he raised himself. Amen. Amen of life, raised himself, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up." The Sikhs, the James, the Buddhists, the Mohammedans, sorry, their leader cannot say such a thing. James 1 and 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Revelation 2.7 He that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation 2.10 Fear none of those things that thou shalt suffer behold the devil shall cast some of you into prison And that they may be tried and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee the crown of life. Notice that all the rewards of heaven is based upon life. Isn't it amazing that we find none of the rewards in the seven church ages where they get a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. None of them has promised silver. None of them has promised platinum, brothers. None of them has promised gold. None of them has promised treats. They're not, that's not their promise at all. What does their promise work around? Life. Why? That is God's greatest of all gifts. Praise be to God, oh my. Notice Revelation 21, 6, he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Revelation 22, 1, and he showed me a pure river of water of life. Can't you see what so much of heaven focuses on? Life. Life. What is it going to be? A continuation of this same life without sin. Can you imagine living on an earth when everything is absolutely perfect? There is no one sad, no one troubled, no one ever has a bad day, a headache, no one ever arguing or fussing. Boy, that sounds like heaven to me. My, my, nobody ever in a bad mood. Nobody ever gets up on the wrong side of the bed, as we say, because there's no beds. Ah, glory. We don't sleep in heaven. We don't get tired in heaven. We don't argue in heaven. We don't fuss in heaven. We don't debate in heaven. But you say, what is heaven all about? Church every day. Worship and singing, and praising, and carrying on the government of God on the earth. Oh my, show me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding, out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was the tree of life, water of life, crown of life, promise of life, tree of life, which bare 12 manners of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right. Oh, praise God. Amen. To some, it is given as a gift. To others, it is a right. And Jesus made some statements one time that still is a struggle. Many folks find it a struggle and hard to understand and believe to this day. And that was since John the Baptist preached, the kingdom of heaven is preached with violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, you may think that's outsiders. You may think that's people on the outside that's trying to take the kingdom. That's actually the kingdom saints, they take it by violence. Now, if you want to be a passive Christian this morning, let me tell you right now, you will never get very far in God. It is preached, amen. Boy, some of you are making big eyes at me now. It is preached in violence. It is preached in a way that would seem derogatory and totally wrong by the world. And yet, the violent will take it by force. Can you imagine the bride being so born of God? Well, who are we taking it from? Well, who do you figure? The devil, of course. God gives you a promise. And remember, he gave the children of Israel a promise. God said, I've done giving you the land. But the They had to fight for every inch of the ground that God gave them. It makes no sense to the passive, lazy Christian because they want God to dump everything in their lap. Why? Well, God said I could have life. God said I could have this. God said I could have that. He did, but He also said footprints means possession. So God said, Joshua, I've given you the land. Go out there and take it. They had to fight. They had to bleed. They had to sweat. They had to strategize. They had. to do so many things in order to get what God said he had already given Let me tell you one thing, my brother, sister, if you ever get justified, you'll fight to get it. If you ever get sanctified, you'll fight to get it. Not only will you fight to get it initially, you'll fight to keep it. Because in Laodicea, there's all kinds. Of, well, I feel like having church this morning. If you ever get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you'll fight through hell, you'll fight through yourself, you You'll fight through carnality to get it. Not only that, you'll fight to keep your joy. You'll fight to keep your peace. You'll fight to keep your satisfaction because the violence take it by force. Some of you all have got an app set up with God like Amazon. So you scroll over and open your app and you order it now and you want to deliver it delivered to your house by the time church is over. I'm afraid it ain't gonna happen that way. Well, come on, saints. We're a lazy, sorry bunch of outfits many times. Well, praise God, people have to get out here, they've gotta to labor to go to hell. They have to labor to go to hell. They have to labor over a mama's prayers. They've got to fight through the red lights that's right in front of them. What if they're willing to do it to be lost? How much more ought we to be willing to do it in order to tame the crown of life? Oh my. So the tree of life had to be made flesh in order to depart the life from the tree. St. John 17:1. these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to everybody? Now come on now, don't get all hung up. These are the words of Jesus. He's the plan maker. And this ain't my idea. These is the words of Jesus. Thou shalt give eternal life to as many as thou hast. Oh, I thought we're supposed to be a weird church that preached strange and weird doctrine because we believe in predestination. I think you're weird if you don't believe it. The Bible's full of it. And this is life eternal. That they may know. Now remember what the Greek word here know means, gnosis. To the Greeks, it was that you knew facts it may or may not affect the way you live. But to a Jew, it meant that those facts would affect the way you live. As I said, I'll repeat it again. It lets me know we got a lot of Greeks in the message. They know a lot of facts, and it may or may not affect the way they live. But I'm going to be a real Bible-believing Christian, don't you? To where what I know affects the way I live. And it don't only affect me, but it causes major earthquakes down in hell. I'm going to be the kind of child of God that every day I get at then demons say good Lord here he comes again what in the world is he going to do today I want all hell to know that I have lived my life on this earth I'll never be rich I'll never be famous I'll never be important but I want to be a whirlwind down in Hades I want the demons to know that I have lived I want them to know here was a man that lived what that prophet said that he lived lived so surrendered to God that the devil didn't know what to do with him he got up drunk, he went to bed drunk, he preached drunk he went through battles drunk the man was absolutely crazy now the rest of you can be sane solid Christians if you want to Instead of the devil being afraid of you, he'll look for you to cause trouble in happy valley. Look, friends, you're going to be a troublemaker one way or the other, and why not choose the kind of trouble you're causing? Come on, face facts. Some of you ain't nothing but a troublemaker. You cause trouble for your family. You cause trouble for your home. You cause trouble for the church. You cause trouble for yourself. You ain't nothing but a rotten troublemaker. But if you're going to be a troublemaker, why not choose sides of which one you're going to cause trouble to? Instead of causing trouble to your daddy or trouble to your mama, oh, I wish somebody would preach to me. Why don't you say, God, help me? Well, that one in the notes says free. (laughs) This is life eternal. That they may know thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ. The mythical, which became the physical. Logos. This is life eternal Life eternal will never point you to two Nor three gods Life eternal will lead you to the mighty Elohim And out of the mighty Elohim Come the Logos Which became the human Jesus Christ Notice this in the Ephesian church age book All right if the tree of life is a person, then the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a person also. It can't be otherwise. Thus the righteous one and the wicked one stood side by side there in the midst of the garden of Eden. Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen. Thou, Satan, hast been in Eden, the garden of God. And the church said... Genesis 2.8, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man who had formed out of the ground, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food and the tree of life. I love the way God disguises his word. So he talks about botany life, and then all of a sudden he inspires Moses, and Moses takes two people and places them in the garden of Eden under the illusion of that they are trees with branches and roots and leaves. Glory. Amen. So the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil was hid in the forest in the garden of Eden. Amen. Praise God. Now can trees be compared to people? Psalms thirty-seven, thirty-five: I have seen the wicked in great power spreading himself like a green bay tree. So here David uses a tree to be able to signify the growth of a wicked man. Psalms 52, 8, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. Not a green bay tree now, but a green olive tree. Now you have to understand the difference between a bay and an olive. Now a bay gets gigantic, real big, big leaves, big trunk, it know, grows really easy. The olive is twisted and turned and it grows up through gnarly type of rocks. But makes real beautiful wood. As a matter of fact, I've got a head of Christ that's carved and sitting on my desk. That we got in Israel last year when we were there. Real beautiful wood. Oh, but it goes through such strain, such pain, such difficulty, and they twist and they gnarl and they turn and they come up out of ground that you think nothing could grow out of. David said, "That's the way I see my life. I wasn't pampered. I wasn't babied. Everything wasn't handed to me. But I had dry days and difficult days. But I pursued." I pursued. I kept on after. Oh my, come on children. Why? Because it was in his spiritual DNA. He remember reading about Jacob of old when he was across the brook that night and he heard a man in the bush and he didn't know who it was. And Jacob said, is that you he saw? Is that you he saw? And he reaches out there and he sees a man and he grabs a hold of him and he said, I ain't gonna let you go. He said, let go of me. The day's about to break. He said, I ain't gonna let you go. Do you change me? How are you going to do it? Jacob didn't sit down, sir. Pour it on me. He grabbed that man. He wrestled. He wrestled. Why? He's desperate. Come on, friends. Let's just face the facts. For the most part, we're not desperate. We think we got plenty of time. But David said, I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. He knew he did not have sustaining strength in himself. Every day was a dependency on God. Psalms 92, 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Proverbs eleven thirty. The fruit of the righteous oh, is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is white. So, Am I understanding these scriptures right then to say that a tree could represent a wicked person? And a tree, another kind of tree, could represent a right? Am I reading that right? Yeah. Isaiah 61.3 To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called. Trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. Oh, some of y'all was out there in the world. You looked like a tree because you had a branch sticking out of your mouth. And if it wasn't back it was weed, and there's all kind of, that kind of other stuff, you are growing branches. Well, but that ain't the kind of plant the Lord wants, is it? Well, come on now, don't you to get quiet on me this morning. Ezekiel 31.2, Son of man, speaking to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, And to his multitude, notice this now, who art thou like in thy greatness? Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon, with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud, and of a high stature. Now watch God liken this king to a great gigantic cedar tree out of Lebanon. They got really big, remember, from there was where they brought the cedar to make the temple of the house of the Lord. So it was great evergreen forest, and yet God takes this similitude and likens this to a man with fair branches with a shadowing shroud of a high stature and his top was among the thick bows the waters made him great the deep set him high upon with rivers running round about his plants and sat out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field therefore his height was exalted why? God's likening this man to this tree to a king and the king to a tree because he was a great king and here was a gigantic tree not the little dwarf twisted contorted olive tree that's the way we look in the eyes of the world that's the way our message looks twisted contorted dry through the rocks but it's the planting of the Lord Notice in Ezekiel 31 verse 6, All the fowls of heaven made their nests in his bows, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young water tree, what a man. And under his shadow dwelt all great nations. Thus he was fair in his greatness, and the length of his branches from his root was by great waters." the cedars in the garden of God could not hide him the fir trees were not like his bows and the chestnut trees were not like his branches nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him and his beauty I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast lifted up thyself in height, and hath shot up his top among the thick bows, and his heart lifted up in his height. God gave him this as a gift. But now it becomes exalted in his gift from God. So he looks at himself and said, look what I am. Look at what I've achieved. And what might that be? You simply drunk in water and growed. Well, you done a lot, didn't you? You've got a lot to be praised for. Ain't none of us got nothing to be glorified about. The grace of God's what makes us what we are. I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. He shall surely deal with him. I've driven him out for his wickedness. Zechariah 4.2 And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold, and with a bowl on top of it, with his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes of the seven lamps, which are on top thereof, and two olive trees. Two olive trees. Amen. Now why didn't God just show him men? Because God didn't write this book according to your understanding. What's this symbolism of trees on down through the entirety of scripture? The two olive trees by, one on the right side of the bow, the other on the left side. So I answered and spake unto the angel that talked to me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked to me answered and said to me, "Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord, undesirable. Saying, Not by might, not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Wait a minute. I, I thought he's asking what them trees was. He was. He answered him. Yeah, right. Not by might, not by power. Wow, I thought he's going to give me the answer to the trees. He is. Those trees are totally dependent on God. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Yeah. Hang women. me now. We're fixing to get to two more trees as they come down through from the seven branch menorah to the seven church ages. Who art thou, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. He shall bring forth a headstone. Therefore with shoutings, crying, grace, grace. Amen. Verse 10, for who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet of the hand of Zerubbabel. With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the earth. These are the seven spirits of God from the Old Testament. Verse 11, then answered I and said unto him, what are these two olive trees? Upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left. Thereof and I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches which threw the pipes into the gold unto themselves? Who was it? Two messengers. Matthew chapter four, verse chapter three, rather, verse ten. And now also here's a great theologian from the New Testament. Dr. John Bob Jones Baptist. Now watch his great terminology of theology goes to laying out all the great doctrines of the New Testament now the axe is laid unto the root of the trees therefore every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit we make it into firewood this is the same guy that said when you're repenting bring forth works fruit for repentance. Well, praise God. Y'all's quiet as a bunch of badness this morning. What's the matter? If I got ketchup on my face or something this morning, what are y'all looking at? Come on, saints. Why? Because the same symbolism of the old testament carries right over to the new, that trees were likened unto people, and the preaching of the gospel is like a preacher with a hewing axe. So the preacher goes over and everybody okay today? Now I'm not here to condemn nobody. I'm not here to preach on nobody. I'm not here to say anybody's that's a polisher not a not a hewer. God's looking for hewers that takes the axe and they go to Oh, uh, oh! I'm afraid to hit that little tree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show love. One of my deals. I'm gonna grab Daniel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, Oh, you little tree! Is that marijuana I smell on you? That <laughs> smells like whiskey. Oh, but I can't condemn you now. No you're here ain't you you're trying that's what people want us a preacher but God said I don't want them as preachers I want you to go to the woodshed and I want you to reach in there and get the sharpest axe you've got and when you come to church go to fling and saw this boy go to hacking on the preacher hacking on the deacon hacking on the trustee hack on the song leader hack on everybody the front door to the back, go ahead and hack on them. And if they don't line up, burn them. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yes, up. So you can see why it runs in my spiritual DNA to be so soft and gentle. Come from a family of woodchoppers. He's thought <laughs> John Bunyan or something. <laughs> now so the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn. How many would agree with me this is human beings? Its fruit is hewn down and cast Amen. into the fire. Friends, the choice is not complex. It's not difficult. It's heaven or hell. It's simple. Amen. Matthew 7 17. Wow, I thought we were going to get to heaven this morning. Now we're down in the pits. Wow. <laughs> Even so, every good tree right. ain't just judging people. This is, this is too demanding to say that every, every, every good tree will bring forth good fruit. Isn't it? I mean, we, we've got to have some compromise here somewhere, don't we? No, we don't. This is God's word. If you ever get the prince of life inside of you, you will do this. Every, even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. but a corrupt tree! bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Which means all of us were born damned and lost. Then how in the world can we ever become right? A transfer of life. I was born lost, you was born lost, as far as the human side of it, right? right. Modus, in verse 19, every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is shewn down and cast into the fire. This is the loving, tender, sweet Jesus. Wherefore, by their mouths, and by their promises, and by their speeches, by their truths, ye shall know them. You ain't got no right to judge me. I'm the man that God's put here in this church to kind of get this orchard ready for the rapture. So the orchard owner and the man that works in the orchard goes through and looks at the trees. He inspects the trees. He's looking for diseases. He's looking for pests. He's looking for... In the If that man really cares for the owner of that orchard and if he cares for that tree, he's gonna reach inside of that and come out of him, Satan, in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Why? Because he is said of God to take care of that orchard. There is an orchard sitting on this hill called Happy Valley Church of Jesus Christ. I want to be a good man to watch over as long as I can my good for your good my brother sister in all reality which do you think would be the easiest for me to stand in this position and be one of the most hated preachers in the world one of the most hated preachers in the message have gun threats carried about people packing guns to look for you to kill you or sitting in the pew and listening to some other preacher preach. I'd still have eternal life just like you would. Of course you think it'd be the easiest. So instead I walk out. Hand grenades on this side. Bombs on this side. Smart bombs over here. Axes. Some of these other message preachers walk out from their office all smiles. Don't ever say nothing to make nobody mad. Don't ever cross nobody. You don't know where they stand because they don't ever really say. Come on, preach, Brother Donnie. My reward in heaven, you know what it'll be? A big old sharp axe. (laughs) In memorial. (laughs) Y'all are getting crowns. I, I get a sickle and an axe. I don't deserve that. <laughs> well, how in the world we get off on that? Notice this in Luke 23, 28. But Jesus turning to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the womb that never gets sucked and the paps that never get sucked. Notice this. If then that they shall begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, Cover us, for if they do these things in a green tree. So here Jesus is likening himself to being a green tree. Can I say ever green? Romans eleven sixteen, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. If the root be holy, so all the branches. If some of the branches are broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and were them partake of the root, and the fatness thereof, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root beareth thee. We were a wild olive tree, stubborn, hard-headed, unregenerate, and God grafted us in by mercy and changed our nature and give us the nature of a tame olive tree. Now, it didn't change you for being an olive tree, you always was that. Praise be to God. Can I go a little bit farther? Notice this, let's skip down here just a little bit to our Brother Daniel, come down to the Ephesian church age. To him that overcome us will I give to the eater the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. What a thrilling thought is this, that the tree of life in the garden of Eden, which could not be approached unto because of the fall of Adam, is now given to the overcomer. The flaming sword of the guarding cherubim has been sheathed, but it was not sheathed ere its blade was bloody with the blood of the lamb. So the green tree was cut down and hanged on a Roman tree. Praise be to God. Now I ain't gonna have time to go all the direction that the Lord Jesus give me this morning when I woke up really, really early when I thought I was ready for this service today. But he started dropping some things in me, my heart. And we'll catch just a portion of it and pick it up next time. What's this in the restoration of the bride tree? But watch, he was God's perfect prophet tree. The example tree, the bridegroom tree, amen, glory. I'm gonna say something directly. If he's the bridegroom tree, you believe it? From the garden of Eden? Then the bridegroom tree without the female don't bear fruit. So he's got to have, amen, he's got to have a bride tree. Praise be to God. I believe by the grace of God, I am looking at a portion of that bride tree this morning. Now we know how it is in botany life that the Lord God made some plants... To where they would be able to pollinize themselves. Because of the pistol and so on. The way they're designed. But he made other plants. To where they were male and female. Even so in the vegetable world. That there are certain tomatoes. That must be pollinated by the other. So you've got to have a male and a female. In order for them to do so. You know it's absolutely amazing. When you go to looking at the Amazon. or different parts of the world. That way the certain flowers are designed by God. Certain ones in the Amazonian place. are where they grow up. And they cut out. Make three days a year. And they pull out this Putrefying odor and this smell that they say smells like a dead rotten human being and it goes to putting out this smell But all of a sudden there's a bug that was so designed to live in the Amazon forest And he goes to stick his nose up in the air and smell it. I "Mm "Hmm, Where is that at? Oh my, he goes to smelling and smelling until he finds that plant. That plant is so designed by God. I know the dummy to say that it evolved itself. Oh, come on. It's got more sense than you do that plant is so designed that whenever that bug will come inside of there and the pistol is real heavy and bent over and when that bug comes in and whenever he gets his back right inside of there in order to get that honey or them drips of dew that come on the inside and it, remember it only happens out three days out of the year and he will come in there and get some of that he rubs pollen all over the back of himself well he flies back out and he wants some more of that good smelling stuff so he happens to go to another direction he follows his nose and here he goes to another plant that plant over there and said come on over here come on over here so he's pulsating out this human stench well some of y'all ought to be able to relate to that that's the way we were in the eyes of God we were rotten stinking human beings so once he do he goes inside that plant and that little pistol that little old pistol hanging down and when he does he brings his back right in contact Plant A has now been germinated, pollinized by plant B, and it was of a complete idiot that didn't even know what he was doing. All he knew was that smell that he smelled. And he said, oh my, that is so good. And he fires from one to another to another. Why? It's the way God designed it. Well, let me tell you something. We were rotten, sorry, low down, good for nothing human beings, but it was not a bug. It was the Lamb of God from heaven that came down to germinate or pollinate his bride tree to give you eternal life Amen. let's stand if he is a bridegroom tree you believe it from the garden of Eden and the bridegroom tree without the female don't bear fruit. So he's got to have a bride tree. She's got to be born of the same material. The word made flesh from the tree. I hope you get it. See, the same life in this female tree, the bridegroom as it is in the bride, the works that I do show you also. Is that right? He was the bridegroom. The Roman caterpillar started eating on that bride tree until they took it plumbed to the roots. That same same Roman tree. What kind of tree did Christ cut down? Congregation answered Roman. What kind of a tree that they cut Christ's bride down? Roman. A Roman tree hung the bridegroom on the cross. And a Roman tree also by its three stages of denominationalism hung the bride tree. by substituting something besides the word then does it separate it when we do it inside this message because we don't call ourselves roman but we add to the word come on they always get quiet on me. so you see that the protestant church that don't take the word of god as a daughter of the roman church every message church that adds to the word of god is a daughter spiritually Notice here, to restore that perfect tree in three days after his death. After the first tree's death, he restored it in three days. Is that right? Restored it back. The bride tree is also going to be restored in three ages, or three stages rather. Three stages it'll be restored. Now look what? Justification. Sanctification. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. One, two, three. Jesus laid in the day in the grave. Praise God, justification. Second day he was in the grave, sanctification. Third day at the dawn, oh my, praise God. Very early at the dawn of the day, the break of the day. What was it? Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Through Catholicism, through the denominationalism, the bride tree was killed, crucified, eaten off the top of the ground till it didn't even look like a church at all. It was nothing but the stump. But she had the original life. Praise God. Amen. The evening lights will not rise in Jerusalem. The evening lights goes where? In the west. They had their day and refused it, but the evening lights shall rise in the west. What for? To shine upon the word. What? To ripen the fruit, bring forth the bride tree with the same signs, wonders, and fruits that they had at the beginning call me Pentecostal if you want to that's what the bride tree produced it's in our our, our DNA my friends to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils and heal them call me Pentecostal call me whatever you want to I really don't care it is in our DNA if the spirit of God is ripening on top of us we ought to be producing the same fruits same signs wonders and fruits they had at the beginning it shall be light in the evening time that's right Let me read one more. Look at here. Remember my message recently on the bride tree? See how they took Jesus? He was a tree. The one that David saw. A tree planted by the rivers of waters. Fruit in his season. The most perfect tree. They cut him down and hung him on a man-made Roman tree for a mockery. What did he do? Rose up on the third day. What else did he do? He set forth a bride tree. A man and a woman like the trees that was in the Garden of Eden two trees praise God there was an Adam tree and an Eve tree that Eve tree fell we are the restoration of that Eve tree which can never fall Oh glory! I'm just now getting where I want to preach. I do hope God lets me live to see the rapture. And I hope that Happy Valley comes to a place of maturity. I mean, I'm not going to tell the Lord how to do it, but I think it'd be awesome. It would be allowed about six weeks or so, before the rapture. Where everybody here would be fully mature. Everybody would be grown up. You'd have all these little petty things in your life out of the way. And we'd really see what our Father would have to say to us. You see, you don't know what it's like as a preacher to study it where you live. And for it to be revealed to you where you live. And then have it watered down so much by where the people live. You have no idea what's that's like unless you're a preacher. God reveals it to you and it is so tremendous and so wonderful. And it's because your own communication line with God is so open. But you can't preach it there if the majority of the people ain't there with you. So then the Spirit of God will water it down and weaken it and water it down and weaken it and weaken it and dilute it and dilute it. Because that's where so many people need it. Would you all please hurry up? Would you please? Come on! Well, praise the Lord. You love them with all your hearts. Let's bow heads right together. Father, this is one of the reasons that we love you so much. That you and your greatness are willing to condescend to our level. I pray, Father, that you would help me as a preacher. That I'll always be willing to do so. Only a preacher would really know what I expressed just now. Only a preacher would know how when you study and God shows you things in such a realm and you so hope. This brother Branham, when he preached the future home, he said, the way the Lord, he said, if he can reveal it here as he revealed it to me, it will be wonderful. But that will be up to him. So brother Branham saw the channel by which it was revealed to him it was not always the channel. By which it was delivered to the people. But this is one thing we love about you. Even when you had the Bible written. You could have taught God talk. But you had it written in human language. Even when you come to Brother Branham and you told him. Go to that place you call Sportsman's Hollow. It don't mean you called it that. But that's what he called it. So you come down to his level to call the place what Brother Branham called it. So he'd be able to relate to it. That shows us your mercy, your grace. The scripture tells us in Genesis that it repented God, that he made man. It wasn't. We think repent. We think of somebody getting down and asking for forgiveness. But you only condescended to man's language. So man would be able to relate that you were sorry that man had gone to such a place. But you chose to use a word that could be so misunderstood because you wanted to be understood so greatly. Father, I pray you'd help me and every other preacher, Lord, your bride preachers around the world, to always be able to condescend to the needs of the people. Father, help each person here today that they, Lord God, can reach out. This is their chance of opportunity, whatever they have need of in this service. Lord Jesus, may we as your people partake of the promise of life, the word of life, the crown of life, the water of life, the tree of life, the prince of life. Praise God. We want to become the very embodiment of life. Praise God. We love you, Lord Jesus. If there's one year today that's not born again, there's one year today, Lord, that's not filled with the Holy Ghost, some that's sick, some that's oppressed of the enemy, may the presence of God deal with them. Help them, Father. We love you so much today, Jesus. Can we just raise our hands in the presence of God? Oh, praise God. Amen. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. You're so merciful. You're so kind. You're so wonderful. So forgiving, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he's took all this time in the last hour or so to anoint a gift to speak to us. Let's not be in such a big rush and a big hurry that we can't take a few minutes to give him something back. Your love. Your adoration. Your praise. Just tell him how you feel about him. Believe it or not, it means the world to him. He wants to know how you've, oh, you feel. Know, I, I, know, I, I know he knows you love him. But he wants to hear you say it. Amen. You brothers, you, you say, well, you know what? My wife knows. But I, I'll tell you what I'll, I want you to do after church. Ask her after church if she'd like to hear you say it every now and then. I can go and answer for her. She'll say yes. She wants to be told that you love her. As hard as it is for us to understand, the Lord God Almighty wants to be told that He is our everything. I know it may seem so hard for us to comprehend. He actually needs us. Remember what we read last week? To give Himself reason and purpose of being. He must ordain a man which would require salvation praise god lord jesus we worship you praise god i magnify you almighty god i bless your name your name is higher than every other name on the earth you are worthy of praise father people pay thousands of dollars to go to a football game or Baseball game or a basketball game to get a certain seat They sit there and scream and holler. There's no guarantee their team will even win when they pay that kind of money for that seat But they want to go to be on the ringside as it were Here we're allowed to come into the very presence of Almighty God Their seat today in this pew as far as the worst, millions of dollars could not buy Their seat to sit where they sit today. To be able to hear the words of life. To get the opportunity to rid themselves of their pride, their vanity, their burden, their sorrow. There's not enough money in the world to be able to buy a seat to sit and hear what they've heard. Yet it was given to them. The sermon will not cost them a dime. But it was words of life from the king himself. But how will we react to it? What will we do with it? How will we respond to this blessed opportunity that is given us here today as we have sat in the great palace of the King? Once again, you have stretched your banner of love over us. Blessed Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We have sat at your table. You have given us the flagons of wine you have stretched forth the pastries of your love oh God the great culinary artistry of the divine chef himself has caressed our palates as we have feasted on the unfailing body word of the son of man but what will we do with these great fine things that you've given to us Lord Tell you what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. I want to thank you for whipping me. I want to thank you for striping me. I want to thank you for cutting on me when I need it. Rubbing on me when I need rub, Polishing me when I need polished down. If I need 40 grit sandpaper to start off on me, Lord, rub me till I'm raw. But keep on sanding me down till you get me where you can see yourself, Lord. I thank you for your revelations. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for trials and tests. Praise God because it's molding me and shaping me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody in here got anything to praise Him for? Anybody in here got anything you'd like to just tell Him, Lord, I'm grateful for this and that and the other? Friends, He's worthy. He's worthy. Praise God. Oh, Papa, you saved me when I was lost. Papa, you justified me. You sanctified me. You filled me with the Holy Ghost. Papa, you help us lay aside old bad habits that we thought we could never be free of. Papa, you set us free from tradition that we was bound with for years of our lives. Papa, you called us to be your bride. Papa, you slip that wedding band of unmerited, predestinated grace on her finger and help us to see that our sins have been annihilated and you no longer even see us as a sinner. Papa, you send us a prophet messenger with a message to get us ready. You give us a church where we can go to, Lord, to hear the word preached. You give us some song leaders and some preachers and some musicians and some deacons and all kinds of people that love us and pray for us. Oh, Papa, you've been so good to us. You meet our needs, Lord God. You fed us when we're hungry. Lord, you clothed us, dear God. You blessed us when we were unworthy. You've given us so many good things when we didn't even deserve it. We want you to know we love you today. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's just sing something together. Hey, let's just worship Him a little before we go, can we? Oh, I know you got plans for this day. It's going to be a nice, pretty August day. But before we do them plans on the outside, what do you say we take this fine opportunity in this beautiful August day and come into the August courts of the Almighty? Make that August worth more than this one because it'll be gone before long and we'll be looking at September, then October, November, December. This August won't last very long. But let's get ready for the August courts of the Almighty. That's where you're going to abide forever. This is part of your blessing, of your reward. Given to the elect sons of God, you will never have to leave his presence again. Let's sing a little before we go, can we? Praise
1: God.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Oh, draw me low, oh, draw me low, I will This weekend. Amen. 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 The Lord's certainly been good to us, hasn't he? Let's sing this little song, There's Power in the Name of Jesus. Let's sing that as we're dismissed this morning. Amen. Go praising him. Amen. For what we've heard this weekend. Well, there is power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name